Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it is beautiful. If you find you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red tell me more button, and start creating your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I am super excited about today's show as every one of our guests from this week has provided us with bonus material. This is what we call Follow Your Yes Friday. In the 20 years that I've been doing research and working with partners and, and, and relationships and men and women, one of the things that I've found missing in many partnerships is, well, we tend to forget or maybe we just neglect to follow our intuition or what I call our yes, that gut feeling that tells us, here's what your next step is. Instead, what happens is we we tend to be in our partnerships and we're operating solely from our head. We're analyzing everything. We're disregarding just what our gut's telling. Sometimes we do pay attention. We we recognize that yes, that, that instinct, and we start to follow it. But here's the trick. We tend to not really own it. We don't defend it. We don't we don't set our boundaries with conviction. And this results in us abandoning our yes. We ultimately end up proceeding in our partnerships based on somebody else's yes. They put theirs on the table and we just go, oh yeah, that's good. And we go with theirs. What we're going to look at today, I've asked every one of our guests about their yes. Not just when they followed their yes, but also when they haven't. What happened when they didn't follow their yes? They didn't follow that gut feeling that said, oh, this is what you need to do next, and instead went strictly off their intellect and their analyzer and said, nope, nope, that doesn't pencil. I'm going to keep on this path. We've got information from every single guest that you heard this week that's going to help you understand the power of following your yes. Now, here we go. Well, Dan, thank you again for the incredible interview and all the great insights you share with us. I want to ask you to do us a favor, if you don't mind. Would you help us illustrate how the importance of, I guess I'll call it, of of following our yes, our internal guidance in our partnerships? And where I'd love to start is if you would share with us a time in your life when you did not follow that yes. Maybe in that moment, you didn't even realize you had a yes. But then you look back and you're like, "Uh, yeah, that was really, really clear. My gut was telling me exactly what to do, and I still didn't do it. Tell us about that time. I actually wrote about this uh, briefly in my second book, uh, Sacred Journey of the Peaceful Warrior, Ken. I was uh, married at quite a young age. I was 21. She was 19. Uh, And when I got married, I felt uh, a depression. I woke up that night and actually tears were on. I don't cry much, but tears were running down my cheeks. And I I felt I'd made... uh, an error in getting married at that point in my life uh, and what my inner guidance was telling me in that case was uh, talk to her get this annulled and get to know each other better 
but the circumstances and uh, drove this decision, and I didn't listen. And we were married for eight years, uh, and it was not made in heaven. Mm-hmm. I learned a great deal from it. It's a bit of a sad story, um, but that, because I didn't really have the courage at that time as a young man to listen to that clear inner guidance that said this was a mistake. Uh, often we feel we're committed, and that's it. Even the, the next morning after a, a decision like that, it would have been awkward, it would have been hurtful, it would have been emotionally trying. Um, but the story does have a happy ending because we did have a daughter who's grown up now, uh, two grandsons from that daughter, and uh, we talk all the time. In fact, we're going to be talking today. Um, right up to this. Mm-hmm. So there we are. That's a time I didn't listen to my inner yes. Yeah, that's a great example, and I'm sure a lot of folks can relate to that. Well, let's let's turn this around then. Take us to a moment in time when, when you had a clear yes, and not only did you recognize it, but this time you did follow it. Tell us that story. Well, this is a fun story, a much happier one. Uh, <laughs> when I was a kid, I, I, I was like 10 years old. My parents uh, took me to see Peter Pan. Uh, way back when, Mary Martin played Peter Pan. And I wanted to fly something fierce. I mean, I just thought, how can I do this? Well, I wasn't really tuned in at that age that you don't, you can't really just flap your arms and, and think happy thoughts and float into space, as far as I know. Um, but then I discovered a trampoline when I was about 11 years old, and it was the closest thing I could find to flying. I could leap in the air, be weightless, and jump and turn and try different moves. And there was something about jumping on a trampoline that I just loved. Now, I wasn't alone in that. Many people today have backyard trampolines. And, it's you know, it's impossible to be depressed and jump on a trampoline at the same time. <laughs> but I, I just loved doing it. And I kept doing it. Now, people would say, what are you doing spending all your time jumping on a trampoline and doing flips? What is that going to lead to? Well, as a matter of fact, it led to... Um, uh, a state championship, a, a national championship, eventually a world championship, a scholarship to college, my college education, a coaching job, a professorship, and the rest of my life. Who would have guessed jumping up and down on a trampoline for me? Mm-hmm. Would, have, would have opened my whole life up, become a key. But I loved it. I knew that. Friends started with me. They were pretty good too, but I kept doing it. I was, from that love of doing the activity, I got better and better over time. And so that is my story of no matter what, it made no sense to follow it, but I did. And uh, it, it turned out well. Yeah, for sure. And that's such a great example because oftentimes our yeses don't make any sense in the moment. We're like, what does this got to do with anything? But when yeah. we just trust it and follow it, who knows where it'll take? And for you, that was the thing that you kept doing. And it, like you said, it, it took you so many places. And that, it's just such a great example of it. It can be a very little thing that puts us on that path. So thank you for sharing that. Great story, Dan. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Duena, thank you again for the incredible information you shared in, in, in the uh, interview we did. And I want to ask you a favor. If, if you would help us to you know, really illustrate and give examples of the importance of following your yes, following that internal guidance that we all have. And where I'd love to start is if you'd share a time when you did not follow your yes. And in that moment, 
maybe you didn't even realize you had that internal guidance, but then you look back and go, dude, that was so clear. How did I miss this? So what was going on? What did you, you know, not pay attention to and, and where did it end up leading you? It's really hard to think of just one time when I screwed up colossally. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but I'm going to, I'm going to say that there's a line in it. This is probably from a poem. It just sticks in my head. Don't die with your song left unsung. There's research that shows that people don't regret what they tried and failed at. They regret the things that they never tried at all. And I'm not talking about like trying pot or something. I'm talking about uh, making the attempt of something that, that was in you to do that you felt almost, um, I guess, religious people would say calling to do. You've got this higher purpose with this deep need to do something and then you don't do it. So I actually felt a need to share relationship science with everyone 25 years ago, but I only started 10 years ago. And um, I only started at the urging of my husband, and that was because I was scared. And, you know, a good guideline to what you must do, the thing that you must do to feel fulfilled, is what you're scared to do. I was scared to do it because I wanted it very much. So um, I ignored that for a long time. And then 10 years ago, I was teaching a class, at an upper division psychology class at a small private liberal arts college. And I was talking to my students there, as I do with all my students everywhere, about regrets, that there's studies on what people regret, and here's the top regret. And uh, it occurred to me as I was saying it, and I don't know why it hadn't occurred to me before, Ken, but it occurred to me that I wasn't following what I knew to be true scientifically, mm. that in fact, there was something I needed to do that I had been shirking for years. And so I started my love science blog at that point. And initially, I was so timid about it. I started it on Facebook like, oh, it's not really a thing. You don't really have to listen. <laughs> what if I didn't have a voice? What if, what if I didn't have anything worth saying? I mean, I was really timid about it. It took off, which is why it wound up having its own home. But, you know, a person that was more confident about following their yes, they would have just jumped in with both feet and made it happen. And that wasn't me. Mm -hmm. And I really regret that because just two years after that, I found out that I could either have open heart surgery or I could die. These are the choices. And there I was facing open heart surgery, knowing that there was this book that I have never written and that it needed to exist. And all these years I thought someone else will write that book. Someone else will do it. You know what? They didn't because that wasn't their song to sing. Yes. It was mine and I had been ignoring it. That is such a great, great example. And I, I'm, I'm so pleased that you shared with us the science behind the biggest regret, because we can tell ourselves all kinds of stories. <laughs> but the truth is, mm -hmm. this is the biggest regret. And in my opinion, regret is the worst emotion in the whole human existence. Because it's, it's it, pretty bad. You can't you can't change it. You can't go back it. Yeah, you missed that opportunity. You didn't do it. Now, can you move forward? Sure. But you still may regret the 10 years you didn't do it, the, the whatever it was, right? The, the time or the energy or the experience that they got away from you. So this is cool. Let's, yeah, let's it, go ahead, please. Well, now I work like there's something chasing me. I mean, I, I've put out, this is 2019 and I've got three books out in mm -hmm. 2019. Mm -hmm. So it's, I just, 
I, I had open heart surgery. I started my blog when I was 40 and I had open heart surgery at 42 and I have recently turned 50 and I've realized, Dwayne, you know, the problem is you think you have time. You don't know how much time you have. There are all these things that you have this impacted need to share with the world and you need to get on that. So I launched a new line of books called The Love Factually Singles, which allow people to uh, read precisely the targeted content they want to in a short format that's more user-friendly and more price conscious. I think the, you know, they start at $2.99, so they're very affordable. And I've had this in me to do it, and I haven't done it. Why didn't I do it? You know, do it now. That's my point. Don't make my mistake, because none of us know how much time we've got, and you won't regret the thing that you tried and failed at. There have been things I've tried and failed at, and I don't regret those. I'm fine with those. Because when you listen to people's stories, what they say when they try and fail at something is, well, that turned into this other wonderful thing, so I don't regret it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's let's look at the other side of the coin then. Take us to a time in your life when you did have that, that clear yes, that thing that was drawing you, and not only did you recognize it, but you followed it. Tell us that story. Well, um, one of them was that I recognized that Vic Harrison was clearly the man for me. And what I mean by that is that uh, I wasn't in love with him. I just knew he was it. I met him. Uh, I was introduced to him online, and we talked for a couple months on the phone, and then we finally met in person. Uh, he wanted to meet sooner, and I, for various reasons, wasn't ready. Um, but he hung in there. We met in person, and as soon as I met him in person, I thought, he is exactly the man to spend your life with, exactly this man. But I was too scared and too hurt to allow my emotions to go with that. But I'll tell you what, we got engaged two months later, and we were married four and a half months later. And I don't recommend that for everyone, but I will tell you, I took all the advice that's in both of my books about vetting him, and it wasn't a crapshoot whether he was who he was saying he was. I knew he was this man. And I knew that no matter how scared I was, over time, I was going to adore this guy, and I do. So that was a following my yes, and it was following my head when my heart hadn't caught up yet. And um, I think that's, frankly, one reason arranged marriages, you know, there's science on arranged marriages. They work pretty well, and one reason why is that they find the right person, and then they fall in love. Mm. Outstanding. And that's what I did, and I'm really happy I did it. Yeah, you know, and, I and I'm, I'm happy that, for you. <laughs> Yeah, we, we've been married 11 years, and two mornings ago, he gave me this full-body hug with no sexual expectation, gave me the just most tender kiss and said, I just can't believe how in love with you I am. This is 11 years in. Mm -hmm. That's who I married, and I, I didn't do it by, you know, looking, on to, looking to see who rang my bells. I did it by looking at character, and I'm really so happy that I did it. Yeah, absolutely. Great, great example. Thank you, Duena. Thank you. Thank you to all my guests for sharing their stories of the benefits of following their yes. And for you listening, I invite you to take what you just heard about the importance of following your yes and apply it to what you heard this week on the show. Chances are there was something that clicked for you when you were listening to our interviews this week. What I invite you to do is to implement it. It doesn't matter if it's changing a behavior or a belief you've been operating from. 
Maybe it's looking into one of the resources or books that our guests recommended. Whatever your yes was from the material you heard from our guests this week, take it and act on it. And if you missed any of the interviews this week, simply go to speakingofpartnership.com and enter the guest name in the search bar. It'll take you directly to the recording of their interview. You can view their show notes and find all the links to the resources they mentioned. Follow Your Yes Friday is all about you taking the next two days and applying something that you learned on the show this week. Follow up on something that caught your attention, where you thought, man, this is good. This, this could really make a difference in my life. Whatever that yes was, this is your compass telling you this is your best path. So follow it. From all of us here at Speaking of Partnership, we invite you to take your yes and take action on it today. Peace. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. I release a brand new episode every Monday through Friday, so make sure you don't miss a single show. Go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher and iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else, either in person or on the web. Have a great day, and remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.